0: We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. I yes, reconsidering everything. I guess that's, in a way, what happens in Fight Club. He reconsiders his life and then goes completely insane, and his personality splits off, and he blows up his apartment. Hopefully we can do this podcast in a less dramatic fashion. I was um, reconsidering this podcast, actually, you know, sort of like the the past episodes, and, and I just realized... I'm probably the only one listening to this, which is weird because I don't know of any other podcast that has an audience of one. And, it's, and, and in a way, it's great that the podcast can let you do that, right? I mean, what other form of entertainment can you broadcast for almost no money and you know get the word out and, and all this stuff and... You know, have, uh, have no audience. Because everything else requires massive amounts of funding. And, and really, this is not a lot of effort. You know, yes, I do put some pressure on myself to do something occasionally once a week. And by the way, I, I have beat the under, right? Because I set the over-under of as many podcasts as I thought I could do at four. So this is the fourth one. I have beaten the under. Yay me! All right, now the big test will be: Can I actually do five? And and it and it, I I also applaud myself. Maybe that maybe I should maybe I should just do a whole podcast where I say where I just say uh, you know because I'm the only one listening to this. No one else is going to care if the whole podcast is nothing but me saying how great I am. And you know why not, right? Because then I could just play it back for myself and be like, yeah, I am great. Woo! You know, like forget those, uh, you know, um, Tony Robbins tapes where he tells you how great you are. Tony Robbins doesn't know me. I know me. I know how great I am. Look at me. I've got specific instances of how great I am. And then I'm just going to, and then I'll be on the treadmill at the gym and I'll be listening to my podcast and I'll be like, oh, I'm so awesome. Look at me go. Yeah, no, I would never do that, because you know, my low self-esteem would even prevent me from believing me if I said how awesome I was. But I'm going to say how awesome I was in, I thought I was pretty good at setting the over-under, right? Like those guys in, in Vegas, when they set the over-under, I mean, it's a real nail-biter a lot of the times, and that's because they're so awesome at it. Well, I, I, coming up to this fourth podcast, I was really starting to feel like, oh, I might be out of ideas, but then... You know, fate intervenes, and uh, and uh, now I have a, another topic. Although, I, gosh, I am way more nasally today than usual, and I don't know why. I mean, I'm doing this about the same time I usually do it. Uh, I haven't really talked to anybody today. Maybe I haven't had a chance to get my stuff worked out. I don't know. But uh, oh, okay. So, um, talking about the previous podcasts, um, I have to say I I was Probably a little hard on This American Life, uh, you know, in terms of insulting how sort of tangential their connections are between the theme and the actual stories on the theme. Because now after doing this for like four podcasts, you'll notice the stretches between the name and the topic of the show and how I transition into other areas starting to get a little little week in there and, you know, look, I've only been doing this for four episodes and I've got problems and, you know, This American Life, they've been doing it for, I don't know, I think they got uh, 90 or so episodes. No, they got more than that. They got to probably have a couple hundred at this point. And so, you know, I can't really blame them for, you know, being, having sort of a lame connection. So, all right, I'll cut them a little bit of slack. That's fine. Um, And I I also have to reconsider uh, something I said back in uh, the Michael Jackson podcast, um, uh, where I sort of, where I go down the list of the Jackson 5. Apparently, somebody changed the the Wikipedia entry right after Michael Jackson died. (laughs) I don't know, just to screw with people or something. But now the Wikipedia entry is correct that it's not Richie, but Jackie was the other uh, brother. And, you know what? Fine. Um, I I guess that just more illustrates my point. I mean, I was not a huge Jackson 5 fan, but certainly I was around while they were doing things, you know, even though it was reunion tours and whatnot. And I just said, Richie, like, yeah, okay, it doesn't sound familiar, but I can't really, nothing else sounds any better. And and, and now that I see it says Jackie, I'm like, oh, all right, if you say so, you know, hell, it could be, you know, Elmo tomorrow. And then, well, all right, I'd know that was wrong. But, you know, okay, so it's Jackie. But that's my point is these guys are not doing anything by themselves. They really needed Michael Jackson to come back and do another tour with them. Wow i am i I just went back and listened to uh the first bit I just did, and boy, am I nasally? Wow, like I know I'm nasally, but that was that's some serious nasalness like and and I'm always yelling about people about how the recording quality sucks and uh all this stuff, but boy, you know those idiots can buy another microphone. I'm sort of stuck with this, really, I mean, I don't know unless they somebody. Gets a, like a, some sort of nasal router and, you know, reroutes my resonating chamber like I'm some sort of, uh, the dinosaur or something. So I can, you know, commu, oh, there's the train. I can communicate with my, uh, other velociraptors. Ah, boy, but this is a drag. Anyway, you knew, I mean, look, this is nothing new. It just, it seems worse today than usual. But speaking of, reconsidering, Uh, you know, it's interesting how we reconsider movies, or we don't reconsider movies. And I think really, that's really the problem, is that we rarely reconsider anything, we just do the thing, right? Uh, You know, and, and work is really the worst, the biggest uh, offender of this, because you'll get a a new person that comes into a a company or an environment, and uh, you will present them with this idiotic, workflow. And you'll be like, "Um, why are we doing it this way? Oh, this is the way we've always done it. It, Yeah, but, you know, stuff changes, technology changes. You know, the reason you did it this way was because there was this and that went away. You know, there's a, there's a, a, a story my cousin told me where there was a guy whose job it was to manage, I think it was like three or four people, and then eventually they laid off the three or four people and he had no job. But nobody ever bothered to look at the fact that this guy's job really didn't exist anymore. But they continued to pay him. He continued to show up. He'd read a book. He'd do a jigsaw puzzle. You know, hey, he was there. But uh, nobody ever stopped to say like, wow, what, what is going on here? And that's, And I think that's really... I would say one of the biggest mistakes people make in life is they never really go back to reconsider what, what they're doing. And because really, I think people are afraid of looking wrong. Because if you go back and you look at something that you did or are in the middle of doing, you know, uh, to reexamine the process of how you're doing it, you're going to look back and you'll be like, oh, I was wrong. We should have done it this way. And then you have to go in front of probably a committee or something and say, I was wrong. And people don't want to do that because they see it as, well, really, and and they're sort of right because it will be used against them. You know, they'll say, I was wrong. And then the next time they try to get something approved, somebody's going to say, well, you were wrong this last time. Yeah, well, I learned from that mistake. I really feel like, you know, I've done the right amount of research. I've done this and this. Uh, it's right. It's it's right. It's going to be right this time. Trust me. So, um speaking of getting back getting back to the the whole movie idea. Uh it's interesting, you know, I I don't know why this happens and and honestly I don't know why I would ever do this, but I it's been I've been lucky at times where I've watched a movie i really i really hated and then i see it again and i absolutely love it um the the best example and i would say one of the movies in my top 10 uh list of of movies is joe versus the volcano for those of you don't remember this this is uh joe played by tom hanks is confronted by lloyd bridges to uh, jump into a volcano so he can get the mining rights on uh, this little island where Abe Vigoda is the chief of the island. And Meg Ryan plays three different characters that uh, Joe meets in various stages of his life. And when I first saw this movie, I didn't get it. Because really what this movie is is a fairy tale. Because the movie starts with, once upon a time, there was a boy named Joe. And then... Uh, or a man named Joe, guy named Joe, whatever. And then it goes from there, and it's very melodramatic and, and, but very, very storybook fairy tale. I mean, how else are uh, Abe Vagoda and, um, oh, who's that guy? Nathan Lane. Uh, how are they the two island, you know, sort of, um, Pacific Islander natives. Really? I mean, I understand that, that, that the history of the island, they're being, uh, cross, uh, you know, the, the, the races of people that have settled there over the years have been varied in many. But really, you're going to tell me that these are the Polynesian natives is Abe Vigoda and Nathan Lane. So it's a fairy tale, right? And you know what? Getting back to, the whole rant that I had about how movies have to make sense and suspending your disbelief. Fairy tales... Fairy tales actually do have their own logic. I was just about to say, you know, you can do anything in a fairy tale. It's not exactly true. Fairy tales have their own logic. I mean, you look at Alice in Wonderland. I mean, it's a crazy-ass movie where... You know, a Cheshire Cat is nothing but a grin, and uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, you know, run around. But even Tweedledee and Tweedledum have their own logic. I mean, it's it's a crazy, insane logic, but it is a logic. And you just have to frame it properly in the world you are in. And granted, you know, a lot of things have much more leeway than others in terms of, your logic and what you can do with it, and and uh, you know what you're allowed in terms of of uh, flexibility uh, of things. So anyway, getting back to Joe versus the volcano, when I first saw it, I didn't get it because I didn't get that it was a fairy tale. You know, because there's a lot of you know weirdness and goofiness. Like you know, well, I don't want to ruin the ending for you, but um, but go see it. It's it's a fantastic movie, and you know one of the other reasons I didn't really appreciate it is that I was a student in college, and I hadn't really had my first bad job yet. And once you're in an office for months at a time, you know, doing the same thing over and over again, you will... I'm sorry, I'm picking fuzz off of this while I talk, because every time I talk, the fuzz waves in the breeze, and it distracts me, so... um, I I gotta just pick this off right now. Okay, so... Oh, there's cat hair. Oh, that's... Ooh, that was cool. Look at that. Wow, that's sharp. Um, So, uh, I hadn't had my first bad job yet. So, uh, and that's really what a big part of that movie is, is people who are just grinding their souls down to nothing because they're working at this terrible job, and they hate it, and... Uh, you know, with the bad fluorescent lights and, and, the, and the boss that just yells at you and you, you can't even have a nice lamp. On. Oh, by the way, that lamp in Joe versus the Volcano, if anybody knows where I can get that lamp, that I have wanted that thing since I fell in love with this movie, which is not the first time I saw it. So this is another key component to reconsidering things is realize that your station in life has changed. Right? Like, you might have read, uh, Catcher in the Rye in high school and been like, oh, eh, whatever, you know, this and that, Holden Caulfield, babadiba. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but apparently that's one of those books, and I haven't read it in a long time, but it's, it's one of those books apparently that changes as you get older and you see everything different as you age. Same thing with Joe versus the volcano. Um, so now that I've had a series of bad jobs, I look at that movie, uh, just, you know, in such, in such high regard, because it, and it probably has one of the best quitting scenes in any movie. And it's got wonderful, it's, it's got a couple of really great quotes. Uh, one is uh, when uh, Joe uh, is, uh, hires a limo driver because, you know, he's being paid all this money to throw himself in the volcano. And um, he asks the limo driver to, you uh, he wants to go someplace to get himself a suit. And uh, the limo driver says, oh, okay, well, where should we go? And he's like, I don't know. Just, tell, you know, just drive. Just get me there. And, and, and the limo driver just stops and says, you know, I can't tell you who you are. And I just love that. You know, it's like so many times people just want their decisions in life left up to other people. But he says, I'm not doing that. You have to decide that for you. I can't tell you who you are. And, I, and I, I really relate to that quite a bit. So keep in mind, things change, right? That's one of the best reasons to reconsider everything, is that the circumstances are different, technology is different, and here's, an, here's the one that, that people realize the least, for instance, when I was pitching UETV as a TV show, uh, a lot of times people would—you know—every I mean, time everybody said no. But th- a good piece of advice, and maybe one I didn't take to heart enough, was that things change. People change. The people who are saying yes or saying no or whatever—they're—they—they're they're, they're not going to be there forever, right? So. You know, I had a job where people moved. There was there was some movement in the companies. People would quit. People would retire. People would get jobs at other companies. Uh, uh, other people, other internal people would move up into that position. And things changed, right? You know, the people who were saying yes or saying no, they were not those same people anymore. And a lot of times we would try stuff and then a couple of years would go by and then I would look around and we'd say, you know what, maybe we can try this again because the people, the reason why this failed last time is because certain people wouldn't buy off on this and they're not here anymore. So let's try it again. And the people who are in those positions of power, they like us. They're willing to change. They're willing to try new things. They'll embrace it. So um, reconsider that, that the people who... The people who change also styles change, right? Like, you know, you look at somebody like Ernie Kovacs, or better yet, look at somebody like, oh, uh, that guy, um, Lenny Bruce. You know, I'm doing a lot of that lately. That guy. Like that like that's gonna really jog anybody's memory. You know, that guy. Uh, Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce was a guy who was way ahead of his time, right? And he, that's one of the reasons I think why he's still funny to me is because he was so far ahead of his time. Because comedy has, as I've said before, has such a quick expiration date that uh, his st- unless you are really way ahead of your time, you're not going to be funny very long. Uh, because somebody else will come along and then push the envelope and, and take it farther. And then your stuff just seems sort of lame and, and sort of tame by comparison. But Lenny Bruce... Uh, way ahead of his time and a lot of people weren't ready for it and you know maybe that's one of the reasons why he you know he got so embattled with the whole legal thing and started taking drugs and all this other stuff was because he just couldn't see an an era era where he could be accepted and granted it did well i don't know if it really took that long because he was in the 60s Uh, and the, was he in the 50s, 60s? Well, whatever. The 70s, I think everything changed and everything loosened up. And he, you know, Richard Pryor's in the 70s and, and, uh, he was doing some crazy stuff. I think if Lenny Bruce could have lived into the 70s, he would have said, oh, oh, okay, now I I can be respected and not arrested and and I can make a living doing all of this stuff. I just had to wait until the environment changed. And I'm sure there's a lot of things that, you know, even entertainment-wise, people have pitched and uh, somebody said, no, 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 we're we're not going to do that. And then somebody else in some other arena uh got the green light to do a very similar thing and now everybody wants that thing so it sucks because the person who ha- came up with the idea first you know, they they don't get credit for it and they look like the imitator, but at least maybe they can get a gig doing this thing that they are do maybe even better than the first guy so, getting back, so so reconsider that people have changed, tastes have changed like I say in the Lenny Bruce, uh, technology has changed um, and your station in life has changed and you don't even see things and your skill sets uh, have changed. You know, the, the thing that you didn't think you used to be able to do, maybe you, you take another look. Maybe you can do it now because your skills are better than they once were. So those are all reasons to reconsider something. Another great reason to reconsider something is where you heard it from. Right. You know, you you, a lot of times people just do this thing where they hear something from some, uh, you know, theoretical position of authority. And then they just say, well, you know, this is this is I heard this from so and so, you know, when we we start out very young from um, from from childhood and uh we you know we take everything that adults say on authority and this is what this is what sexual predators know. They know that if you know it comes from an adult, kids will just usually buy into it oh well, an adult, you know my parents are adults and they seem to know what's what's good and what's bad and all this stuff and and uh, so you know I'll do what the weird dude with the Creepy mustache wants me to, um, which is really sad and unfortunate. And, and we have to also take a look at the things that, you know, where we heard these things, not only our parents, because, you know, parents say sort of strange things, but older siblings will say things, um, uh, you know, and even now people look at stuff on the internet and just naturally assume it's true. Um, it turns out TMZ in reporting Michael Jackson's death, didn't know he had died. They were just like, well, we heard he had a heart attack and he said this and that, and the 911 call, let's just say he's dead. And then they get credit for breaking the story. But, you know, I, I get all my news now from Facebook, which is weird. Um, and actually, Facebook is, is pretty good because people will, uh, put, you know, links to things and, oh my gosh, so and so is dead or way to go or, or the real cryptic ones. Way to go, so and so, you know, way, way to go, Lance. And so maybe Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France or maybe he, uh, was starting a new bike racing team or whatever, you know. Um, so, but you still have to reconsider where it's coming from because, you know, uh, CNN might look at TMZ and they might pull something from them. You don't know. And it's just like uh, in the Orson Welles thing, the the War of the Worlds, where everybody freaked out. You know, uh people were... Uh, the smart people, uh, they were listening to the radio and they were hearing that Martians were attacking. They just, you know, flipped around the dial a little bit and said, uh, uh you know what? Nobody else is reporting this. I'm going to guess... It's a hoax, or or not a hoax, but you know it's just a radio play, whatever. Uh, and 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 you have to you have to do that, especially now on the internet, where internet sources are so so just you know uh, can can be a little bit of a game of telephone at times. You you have to really consider where it's coming from, and y- you cannot even trust where things are coming from you have to do a little bit of cross-referencing, you have to do some checking, which is great because the internet is really good for that. So, uh, it makes it fairly easy. But you do have to do a couple of extra mouse clicks because you never know even where the trusted sources are getting their sources from. So, let's reconsider for a second all the lies we were told as kids, right? Like... The, the the thing that still drives me insane is the the sort of lies we were told about romance right you know cuz everybody makes you know it's funny like when you when you watch romance movies as a kid you think kind of like that's the way it actually works You know, like, uh, oh, you know, like, I think it's like Robert Downey Jr. and the pickup artist. Like, she hates him and he just keeps annoying her enough that eventually she just gives in and and they live happily ever after. Yeah, that's not the way reality works. Yeah, no. You keep annoying her, she's going to file a restraining order or arrest you or, or something. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's not the way it works. And uh, the guy who is, you know, super helpful and, and her best friend, and eventually they fall in love. No, you're the best friend. You are in friend zone forever. Forget it. You're never getting out. Done deal. And I think these movies, you know, you can't use them as a a way of doing anything. you Because these are all made by people who wishes this is the way it worked. But you don't know that when you're 14 and you're watching these things and you're like, oh, well, if I just, you know, be your friend for a while, then she'll see what a great... No, no, no. And that's a problem. Also, uh, the whole thing about... You know, all those lies we were told as kids just drive me insane. Things like, well, you can do anything. No, you can't. No, you can't. Like, I will never be great at basketball. I'm too short, first of all. Yes, Muggsy Bogues. Right, one guy in the history of the NBA. That's the one you're going to point to as a guy who's like five, six and plays in the pros. Great, one guy out of so many. And let's be realistic. Yeah, okay, I, I enjoy a little bit of basketball, but I have no endurance. And it doesn't matter. There's never going to be a time where I will have endurance. I've tried. I can't seem to build any up. I'm done. I can't do it. And that's really the lesson here, right? The lesson really is try it, but let's, let's reconsider after you've tried it what, what your real abilities are. You know, let's look around and, and, you know, you might be the big fish in the little pond, but once you get out of this pond, I mean, you have to be honest with yourself because once you get out of this pond, you're up against the real deal. Like those people who can do it. And, you know, if you're just, you know, C level in a bunch of Fs and you're going up against the A's... No, you're not going to make it. And, and I think that's sort of a problem that, you know, no parent wants to tell a child that. No parent wants to be like, yeah, well, you know, you suck. You know, I mean, that's just that that would just be brutal. Like you'd, the, your kid would probably freak out like that kid in uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine did when he figured out he couldn't make it in the Air Force. Nobody wants to be told that they suck. Yeah, you suck at this. You are an average at best you know a musician or basketball player or whatever astronaut no 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 whatever dream job uh you know your 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 childhood would want you know this whole thing of money can't buy happiness nonsense money money is sort of like it can't buy happiness but without it it gets you misery right like it's a weird sort of thing where at some point you hit enough money where you can do you know you have some room you're not living hand to mouth you can go on a trip now and then you can buy a new tv if you want you know you can do stuff you've got flexibility and i and which is a weird thing because it's like it's it's one of these money having a job that pays well is like one of those things where it's it, you know it it's it's good it's good if you have it but it will never be great. But as soon as you don't have it, it is miserable, right? And uh, it's 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 an odd thing, you know. Usually, uh, things like that will just you know, good things will just propel you forward forever on the goodness scale. But no, 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 not money. But let's be honest, you you really you know, having a job, you know, like people are like, oh, I'll, I'll be a teacher, it'll be great. I get you know three months off. Yeah, you don't get paid. Much, right? So you really want this job where you don't get paid much? And then you know what, you still have to work during the summer, you still have to teach summer school, you have to still get some summer job to pay you because your original job doesn't pay that well at all. I mean, who wants a job like that? How about this? How about you work at a job? You work at it for a few years. You either get a sabbatical or you get, uh, you know, vacation days. You can accrue. So you get like, you know, five weeks off during the year. Okay, not three months. But hey, at least now you have some money so you can do something with your vacation time. The whole idea that, you know, when I was in high school and college, it should be like, oh, you know, you should really just find a job you love and then that'll be great. Yeah, well, that doesn't really all happen all that often. And, and and the older I get, I find that what I do is second to who I'm working with, you know, live-work balance, all that stuff. Because jobs are jobs, right? If they were fun, they wouldn't pay you. And so, it, you know, any job you're going to get is going to be work. It's not going to be fun per se. You know, so getting a job that you love and you really want to go to—it's not real. It's not reality. You gotta look at what really matters, and what really matters is having enough money so you're comfortable in your life, uh, and uh, you know, for me, enjoying who I'm working with, um, and 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 having a job that's not so stressful. And it's weird, too, because I don't know why people don't say that, right? Like, why isn't anybody being realistic with these kids who are in high school? Why, why isn't anybody saying, hey, you know what? This is a, you know, this job, you know, pays really well. It's super flexible. It's recession proof. You know, there's all these things that nobody's even mentioning, right? Like, why not? You know, uh, they're they're the job of project manager or producer or whatever you want to call it. Project manager. Who who goes to college to be a project manager? But yet, every company you go to, there's a project manager position. Well, how do I get into that? You know? I mean, and, and what's so crazy is all of these degrees that people get, are 90% worthless because there just aren't jobs for them. So what what good are they? You know? I mean, isn't anybody going to stand up and say, "Okay, we've got a huge geology program. Where's our where's our copier repair program? Where's our project manager, you know, uh uh, project manager uh, degree, you know. I know they have certification programs and in, in that stuff, but you know, really, you should be able to graduate with a project manager, you know, certificate or, or, or degree. I got my my BS in in uh, project management. Why not? I got it in web page producing. You know, let's let's. Why not? Um, so the, the I think the greatest thing in which stuff changes, but most people don't know about it changing are women. Right? So the greatest crime in the world is that women change, men don't. And the problem is men think the women that they meet at 18 are going to be the same women at 30. And the women think that the men that they meet at 18 are are the fun, crazy goofball who will mature and grow into the responsible adult father of two uh, office job guy at 30. And nobody ever talks to each other. Nobody ever considers this person might be very different from me. And that's the thing I think about marriage and how to make it work is constant communication. And I don't mean, oh, let's sit down once a month and talk about no constant. I'm talking about on a daily basis. You know, I'm, uh, what are you going to do? Do you have any plans tonight? Oh, yeah, I got this, you know, I got my writer's group, or I've got this, or I've got that, you know, constant communication, because, you know, people People change, you know, just things, their lives, their schedules change. You know, you can't, you know, we tried to rent a car recently, um, you know, last minute, and you can't do that, right? Because other things in life are going on without you. So let's let's get back to, to men and women for just a second. Um, you know, the... The, the problem, especially dudes like myself, who started out the first, you know, dozen years of our lives uh, getting rejected constantly by women, we just always assume, well, they're interested in the bad boy or the jock or whatever, that, that, that archetype that is clearly not me, so therefore I will be single the rest of my life. But what we don't consider is that women change. And really, honestly, we have very little evidence of them sort of changing dramatically until we get into college. Because especially right as they're getting out of college, women have this massive shift about, well, okay, I'm getting out of my bad boy phase. And I'm now sort of looking towards, you know, settling down and getting a real job and doing all this stuff. And it's probably not a conscious change but it's something that's going on. And so we need, as dudes uh, of the uh, non-bad boy archetype, we need to say, okay, maybe now this is our chance. Maybe now we get to be sort of the stable, interesting uh, guy that, that they hook up with and not the, uh, the, the crazy bad boy. Although I'll tell you, it would be nice to be sort of that crazy bad boy a little bit, you know, because, the, you know, I'm sure there's um, some freaky things that your lady friend will do as the crazy one and not with the settling down one that would be kind of fun, but I'm just saying. And women change again. I think it's, so women change at like 24, 25. They change again at 30 um i don't know I, I think they might change again at 40 i haven't really seen it yet you know because uh, uh the wife and, and all of her friends we're all about the same age and nobody's hit 40 yet as far as i know so maybe there's going to be a big change again at 40 who knows uh but definitely for you younger listeners who are listening there's going to be changes try again you know try again in a couple of years stick your toe back in that water and see how it goes so I was going through some old vacation photos lately and here's another thing people take too much on fact right it's like one of those things where if if you just say it enough it becomes true so and nobody ever stops and looks around and goes really that doesn't seem like such a good idea uh, or that didn't seem like he was a genius or, you know, uh, uh, for, for instance, here's my my classic example is Leonardo da Vinci, right? Everybody says, oh, Leonardo da Vinci, genius. He invented flying machines. Yeah, have you looked at any of those flying machines? They don't work. They don't fly. Yeah, but he thought about flying. Yeah, he watched a bird fly past his window. There's a little Louis Black there for you. He flies past the window. Yeah, there go. it's a lot of fun to do Louis Black, but geez, I don't know how he keeps it up because I did it twice and I'm ready to pass out. Uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta take my jacket off. I gotta, I'm busting a sweat. My eyes are hurting. Um, yeah, no, he watched a bird fly. I mean, it's not like nothing was flying. Yeah, okay, man wasn't flying, but there were a lot of flying things. There were birds and insects and leaves and all kinds of things. Flying, wow! I looked out and I saw a thing that was doing a thing already, and I built a a, a, a pair of wings, and I was like, yeah, awesome, let's do it. No, 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 not a genius. We went to France, because it was fun, and... We looked, there was a, um, a, Leonardo da Vinci's, I think he was one of his houses. They've turned into a museum and they've built a lot of his inventions, which, surprise, he never built. He didn't even build these to see if they worked. He just drew them on some paper and was like, I'm a genius. Look at this. I drew, even though it doesn't work. And I, and I guarantee, no, no, not guarantee you. You go for yourself and see they don't work. He's got this one invention which is uh, supposed to raise uh, water from a lower source and deliver it to a higher source, and they have it working, and they've got it on a on a cr- on a on a machine uh, uh, crank just turning constantly, so you know it doesn't have to be hand operated. and And I would say ninety percent of the water it fishes out of the of the lake to dispense up top falls out. That's not working. That's not success. Okay. I mean, any idiot can can design something that doesn't work. The real genius are the ones who do make it work. You know, what drives me crazy about this whole thing is he invented a tank. This is the most idiotic thing ever. So what it is is it's a. It looks like a, a like a kind of like a pyramid. Like for those you know D and D fans, it looks like a, like an eight sided die cut in half. And, um, and it's got four cannons at about knee height. And, you know, they're all pointing different directions. So you can attack from any angle. And it's got a horse inside of it that's moving the propelling the tank along because the tank is heavy. And it's got these cannons are heavy. The cannonballs are heavy. It's all heavy. This is idiotic. I mean, this is wrong on so many levels. You know, you, you put a horse in an enclosed space with loud, booming noises. There's going to be a disaster, right? That horse is going to kick everything in sight, including you and your three other buddies in there who are manning the cannons. Second of all, this is why this is, he's not a genius, the, the genius is the one who invents the turret that spins around. So you don't need four cannons. You just need one. And, and, and that is the difference between genius. Because, I, I listen, I've drawn stuff. You go to UGTV.org. You'll see the stuff I've drawn. That doesn't make me a genius. I haven't made it work. I just said, hey, you know, what would be a neat idea Or trains that never have to stop. They just dump people off in, pod, in pods and then pick them up in pods. And, and I look, hey, it's just, it makes just as much sense as anything Da Vinci ever did. Am I a genius? Yeah, of course. Woo. Yeah, I'm a genius. Rockstar. Woo. No, I'm not a genius. And neither was he. So stop it with all the genius talk. And if he gets to be a genius, I'm a genius. Ha ha. So, so deal with that. So let's all stop with the genius talk. Now, granted, Da Vinci did Vanishing Points. That was really cool. You know, before before uh, Da Vinci really uh, talked about uh, the way art and 2D representations of real life situations, it, 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 before he got into how you create these vanishing points to give your 2D representation depth and the way uh, things all kind of, uh, you know, uh, the lines in your in your visual representation all kind of go towards the center. Nobody was doing that. And you, it's really obvious, too, because the, everything is just flat, you know, as if you were looking at it straight up close and nothing really had any depth. The only way people could create depth is they would do sort of wood cuttings and things like that. And it just wasn't right. So, okay, I'll give him banishing points. Again, something that was occurring in nature. So it's not like he invented something out of nothing. But okay, I'll give it to him. That was good. That was very good. Not a genius, though. Because geniuses are people like Albert Einstein, who talks about the theory of relativity. I mean, these were ideas that nobody was thinking about, and no, and you can't see them around in society. It's, it's, it's just out there. <sighs> All right, so that's it for this podcast. Uh, we've made it to four. Stay tuned, me, because I'm the only one listening to this. We're going to see if we can get to five. Hopefully, I'll be doing it again next Monday and then uh, posting it later in the week until next time for me Tyler Durden bright brown we might do this one more time we'll see you then